Fontana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Clark got a touchdown. Troy Clark has it. It's a touchdown for the 49ers. You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back, a playoff edition. The 49ers are back in the playoffs after a six-year hiatus. A lot of it self-inflicted, but now Mr. York has corrected that by hiring the right people. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan have uh, turned this team around, and here they are, 13-3, the number one seed, with a bye week, rested, ready to go as the Vikings come into town. No one would have expected the Vikings to come into town, but they surprised the world last week with a push-off and uh, get into the divisional <laughs> round against the Niners at Levi's. Matt, what's going on? Not much, man. Hey, look, I gotta, I gotta go with this one. The defender initiated contact on Kyle Rudolph, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow that one to stand. I'm with the booth. It's a Fred Warner. Uh, you push, I pull. <laughs> Hollister situation there, where, where the other player initiated contact. But anyway, yes, you're absolutely right, man. First time in six years, 49ers are playing meaningful football in January. Meaningful playoffs. Yeah. We're talking about playoffs, baby. <laughs> I am psyched, man. It feels like we haven't done this in a long time because it's been since Friday when we recorded with Adam Rank. So it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. So so it's nice to get back on the mic, man, and, and just, just dive into this game. Yeah, it was definitely a well-needed bye week for the 49ers. They haven't had a bye week since week four. Um, they played 13 straight games, and they needed the rest. And by all accounts, they look very spry, ready to go, um, and ready for this matchup. This is the 4th and Gold Podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Find the podcast on all platforms, Google, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, wherever podcasts are found. And then, of course, follow us on Twitter at Fourth and Gold Podcast. Um, like the Niners, I needed this bye week. If you didn't notice, I sound like hell. Um, <laughs> your boy has been on his deathbed all week, but I had 17 tangerines before I get on the mic with with Matt today. It's third and 16. This is my third and 16. Um, but we're gonna get this done for. You. I'm sweating like a hoe in church because this theraflu is kicking in right now. Um, but but the, what a weekend it was last weekend, man. These games. Um, I thought were pretty boring, um, especially the NFC side, except for the Vikings. That Viking game was actually pretty good. But uh, let's talk about it, man. Seahawks, ups, not upset. Seahawks beat the Eagles. Um, we all expected the, the, the Eagles or the Seahawks to be coming into town this weekend, but that didn't happen. Um, Seahawks somehow find a way to always win on some nonsense, and they got away with one there with the clowny hit. Um, what, yeah. did you, what were your takeaways on that game? Uh, I mean, I think you hit it right there. I think they really got away with one on the clowny hit. Um, when, you, when you look at the hit and replay, and I'm sure the NFL is going to take a look at it. They probably already have. They're probably not going to do anything about it. Whatever. It looks to me just like clowny leads straight with the crown of his helmet. Doesn't even attempt to put his arms out. He hits Carson Wentz in the back of the head. Carson Wentz leaves the game. Look, Josh McCown actually came in and played a pretty decent game. For a 40-year-old making his first NFL playoff start yeah, it's crazy. at 40 years old, um, you know, absolutely nuts to see that. Um Seattle didn't look that good. And I think they never is, do. 
we've been saying this all year, right? That they haven't looked all good all year, and then somehow they just kind of managed to pull it out of their ass at the last second. Um, and that 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 was a really ballsy call, I thought, at the end of the game to go downfield to DK Metcalf to seal it. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't think anyone really. I mean, I thought the Eagles were going to win again. I think they I think they win that game if Carson Wentz doesn't go down in the first half. Uh, the offense has opened up a little bit more. Um, like I said, McCown didn't play bad, but he was also McCown fairly limited. Yeah, fairly limited in what he could do. I think he's, he did the best you could hope he could do in that situation. Um, you know, maybe they score some touchdowns in the red zone instead of kicking three field goals. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't. I'm not happy the Seahawks are still in it, but you know, whatever. You have, whatever you know. When you have a uh, elite quarterback, you can you can get you get your team can be carried, and that's what Russell's been doing all season. He was the MVP candidate for a while until Lamar ran away with it, literally. Um, but okay. you know, with Russell, when you when you have Russell, you have a chance. And um, I didn't think. I mean, I, I my heart said Eagles were going to win, but I felt the Seahawks were going to just pull that one out anyway. It's just because it's that's Seattle. Um, and then, of course, the other one is the team that's coming to the Levi's Vikings and Saints. Um, Saints lose another heartbreaker in the playoffs. Drew Brees is eight and eight in the playoffs. Um, where I don't I don't know where the Saints go from here. Uh, does they does Breeze come back? Uh, do they start to you know look for the next quarterback or is Taysom Hill the option or Teddy Bridgewater? Who knows? But the Vikings they uh, upset the Saints in a uh, overtime overtime deep. I get you gotta give Kirk Cousin credit though. That pass to Thielen was amazing. It was a breadbasket throw, beautiful mm-hmm. pass. Um, you know, not much more you could do there. I thought the Vikings played a hell of a game. I think they were the better team that day, um, as well as I was watching it. Um, what did your What would you take away from that one? My biggest takeaway from that is that the Saints are out of the playoffs. That's a plus. The Saints are out of the playoffs. Like I don't know if the Saints are going to be able to go into Green Bay and win. Just because, I mean, when, when you really look at it, the Saints outdoors are not the same team, right? They get they get away from the Superdome, they get out of, out of off turf, and they have to play out in the elements. They're a different team, um, but you're. I mean, I think again, you hit it on the head. Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, both free agents. Taysom Hill is technically the only quarterback ish still on a roster. I mean, I know he threw a fifty yard bomb uh, on on Sunday. Is he the answer? Do they have to draft somebody? What are they going to do? They're you know they're obviously going to be drafting towards the back end of the first round. They're in a pickle. I mean, they're at the point where do you give Drew Brees another two years? Yeah, he looked great this year. He looked great this year, but we've seen quarterbacks absolutely hit a wall. I think we saw a little bit from Tom Brady this year, where he just absolutely hit a wall. People can yell at me that he didn't have weapons all all they want. Tom Brady did not look good this year. No weapons or no, his three he, he noodle armed. He couldn't get the muster on throws. He couldn't throw guys open anymore. It, it happens to everyone, right? Father time is undefeated. Yeah, absolutely undefeated. No one can outrun it forever. Um, and the Saints really have to make a decision now. Is Are they going to stick with the Sean Payton-Drew Brees train they've been riding for the last decade, or are they going to turn the page in and, and open a new chapter? Yeah, I think for the Saints they have to. they got to look forward. Um, I, I mean, maybe give them another year and then you know plan for the future, um, and then who knows what happens with Sean Payton. I think you know Sean Payton will be given the equity to uh, – to continue as head coach and, of course, you know, try to build another team or another quarterback uh, for the Saints. But, you know, the NFC, um, 
it got, I guess, by most experts standards, it was weakened because the Saints were eliminated. But I, again, I thought the Vikings were the better team on Saturday. Or is it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. yeah. Um, and then, of course, the Seahawks, they go to play Green Bay. Uh, Seahawks haven't won there in, in like 20 years. Um, but for some reason, I think Seattle's going to pull that game out, too. Um, mm. Who the hell knows? Anything's possible. Um, and then the Vikings got to come to Levi. So, you know, that brings us to us. You know, the Niners, they are... Rested, like we said, they come off the bye week, thirteen and three season. Um, you know, this is this is what we all been waiting for. This is all this is what we all waited for. You know, the last six years this is what we wanted to get back in the playoffs. I don't think anyone expected us to be thirteen and three this year um, and be the number one seed, but they got it done and they did it in a number of ways with blowouts, close games, last minute field goals. You, you know, you name it, they got it done. Um, this team has been battle tested. I think. Uh, because of that gauntlet in that middle of the uh, second half of the season, um, mm-hmm. they've had these tough games with the Seahawks, tough games with the Ravens, the Saints. You know, even the Falcons game was tough, and then of course the Rams game. Um, they played they played some really good teams very closely. They have five wins against teams with winning records. Um, they are battle tested, and uh, you know, the lack of playoff experience. I don't think. Um, is a big deal. A quote from Richard Sermon when they, you know, the Seahawks made the the Super Bowl. He, he thought ex- he thought experience was a um, was was a terrible excuse for why a team couldn't perform in a, in a big game. And you saw what the Seahawks did against the Broncos in the Super Bowl. They absolutely dismantled them. So yeah. you know, experience. It I guess it matters, but maybe it doesn't. Especially when you have guys like Emmanuel Sanders, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Joe Staley, then of course Sherman on the other end. Um, who've been in these big games. Maybe not Jim, Jimmy hasn't been in them, but he's been around them, seeing as yeah. he was a Patriot for a while in the Super Bowls, and he got to watch all his playoffs, and he knows how to prepare for these things. Um, this this game is going to be big, man. I think it's, I'm just ready for Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it can't come fast enough. Um, and for like the one other person that's a JMU fan that also listens to this, listens to this my Saturday is going to be hell. Right? JMU plays in a national championship game against North Dakota State at noon. And then the 49ers play at 4.30. I'm going to be gray by like 8.30 Saturday night. So I, this, 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 this Saturday is just going to wreck me. Um, but, but, but going back real fast, when we're, you're talking about players that don't have a ton of experience in the playoffs, yeah. when you look across the board in the playoffs as it stands right now with all the teams, mm-hmm. the only two experienced quarterbacks in the playoffs are playing each other on Sunday, and that is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Every other quarterback is kind of coming in with – Little to no experience in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, very little. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he had last year, he had half a start against the against Chargers, where they just fed him to the Wolves. Uh, you know, Mahomes, only one year. Watson, a couple games, but not much. And then Tannehill, his first time in the playoffs. Yeah. So, really, I think this is a big changing of the guard across the NFL, where the quarterbacks that dominated for the last decade are now on their way out. There's, they're ushering in a new, younger group of quarterbacks, new younger teams and uh after i mean after sunday there's gonna be one quarterback left that has a ton of playoff experience yeah it's either russell wilson or aaron Rodgers. but um going back to the 49ers you're absolutely right they're getting healthy at the right time this is something we haven't seen from them in a long time usually they're taking injuries and they're just getting destroyed by them over the course of the year and they're not getting these guys back Quan making a miraculous comeback uh, Tart coming back from his rib injury, which is extremely tough. I've broken ribs before. It's not very much fun. Um, and then, you know, of course, D Ford, he had a little bit of a setback yesterday, a little tightness in his quad. He's listed as questionable on the injury report right now. Uh, but all, all signs point to him playing. 
Yeah. And there's a crazy stat out there. Crazy stat when it comes to Quan Alexander, Nick Bosa, and D Ford. And when they are on the field together at the same time. Took 108 snaps this year. This is coming from Bill Barnwell of ESPN. 108 snaps this year. When Quan, Nick Bosa, D Ford are all on the field together, the quarterback rating is three. Three out of 100. QBR, three out of 100. The rating is three. That is banana land. It is absolutely incredible. And and on on Saturday, we're going to see all three on the field again against a a not-so-mobile quarterback. I can't wait to watch these guys get to work. Yeah, it's going to be good to have them them back. The Niners have been missing um, their defensive line depth and D Ford, uh, at least giving them um, some semblance of a pass rush from one side of of the defensive line. Um, on third down, that's what you know. That's that's what he was. He brought in for these third down situations, um, and having back, that's a big deal. Um, you, something I really wanted to touch on real quick. I know we didn't talk about it before the show, but um, I've been reading a whole bunch of stuff about the, the QBs in the playoffs, and how would you rank them? Um, I was just curious. You know, it, out of the eight, you know, we have our quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Where do you where do you put him? Because I have him. I'm just gonna read off my list, and I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, why did you do that, Javier?" Um, but, um, I'm just, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of fun to, when you look at it, like who, who would you have in the playoffs and you got to give these guys credit, you know, and for what they've done this season and what they've done in the past. But I mean, the number one quarterback in the playoffs got to be Russell Wilson, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. And mm-hmm. then you got to go, then you got to go with Lamar because no one's really figured it out. Um, Patrick Mahomes would be number three, Aaron Rodgers, because it's Aaron Rodgers, he has the experience. He has, um, he has, you know, it. No one wants to give Rodgers the ball with four minutes left in a game and down by three. Like you don't want Rodgers having the ball. Um, then, then this this is where my toss up becomes. It's that five, six, seven range. Watson, Jimmy, Kirk, and I don't know if I'm comfortable putting Jimmy over Watson or Watson over Jimmy. Where do you where do you stand right when I when I do that there? How do you feel about that? Jimmy being fifth or sixth? Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise the world here because okay. a lot of people think I'm a Jimmy hater. I don't understand. I don't get it. A lot of people do. I, I agree with your top three. It goes Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think that's questionable. We, we've talked about it on here. As long as Russell Wilson is living and breathing and able to take a snap from under center, yeah, the Seahawks have a chance. Correct. Any team with Russell Wilson has a chance. Yeah. That's how good I feel he is. As much of a cornball as he is, as much as I can't stand to listen to him, yeah. he's a very good quarterback. He's very good at his job. Um, Lamar Jackson, you're right. No one's figured it out. And then Patrick Mahomes, we just know what he can do. Yeah, we, we know what he's capable of. MVP last year, uh, you know, he missed some time this year with an ankle issue, and I feel like the Chiefs are kind of flying under the radar right now. Yeah, uh, no one really expects much from them. It was it was a much bigger deal that the Patriots kind of tanked in Week 17 than the Chiefs stormed back to earn the bye week. I think everybody's just like, oh, the Patriots blew it. No one's giving credit to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are sleeping get, a little giant. bit of underdogs yeah, here. They're sleeping yeah, giant. sleeping giant. Andy Reid. You know, you can say what you want about him in the playoffs. Anyway, back to quarterbacks. I got Garoppolo at four. So you'd put I him? I got Garoppolo at four, and, and I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. I don't. I don't. I think we've seen it enough this year where I think the Packers are the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. Okay. I think they are the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. I don't think they deserve to buy. I think the Saints are the much better football team. I know the Saints lost last weekend. Yeah. 
but I think that they were better than the Packers. I don't think the Packers are that good. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has it anymore. I think they're kind of sliming by. And, and well, that, man, I just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. I'm putting Jimmy at four because Jimmy, like you said, battle-tested. We've seen when Jimmy needs to come up with a play, he comes up with a play. Yeah. He comes up with one. He's nine drop passes away from 14-2, and two, right? Yeah. He's putting the ball in the money in the Seahawks game. Everybody wants to put that. Everybody wants to put that loss at his feet. It wasn't on him. Look, third and sixteen twice, making key throws against the Seahawks in, in week seventeen. He was flawless. You know, it, in incredible, incredible efficiency. Eighteen to twenty-two, two hundred eighty-five yards. Crazy stats. No touchdowns. Who cares? You don't need touchdowns if you're going to be that efficient. I don't care. Run the ball in. Who give, who gives a shit? Run the ball in. Yeah. But I got Jimmy there. Uh, Watson. I think we saw a little bit from him. You know, we've seen him in the past in the playoffs not perform so hot. We saw the first first half against Buffalo. He didn't look so good. Second half, he really didn't look that good either. I mean, if, if you take away that miracle play where the two Bills hit him at the exact same time and kind of like, uh. like Newton's third law takes over, right? Equal and opposite forces, and, and Watson just kind of bounces out of that. I think we're talking a completely different thing because the Bills win that game. So... It, it, I've got I've got Jimmy above those guys. Okay, Kirk. I think we saw we saw here, but this was the first big game Kirk has really won. And then of course, hey, look, Tannehill, you're having a good season, but gotcha. We'll see you next year, man. Let's see if you can do it. Let's see if you can do it long term next year because he threw for less than 100 yards against Patriots. Yeah, that was a pretty sloppy game um, from the passing perspective for both teams. Um, so yeah, I guess you know in my list it was Rogers, Watson, Jimmy, then Kirk, and then Tannehill. So I just wanted to touch on that. I guess. Um, it was just it was just, it was just interesting because I you know I'm with you I think the Packers aren't as good as their record says they did have a um, they haven't beaten anyone and then when they did play tough opponents like the Niners they get blown out um, I, I shouldn't say blown or a out team like with that. edge rushers yeah a team with huh. edge rushers they lost to the Eagles they the Chargers. lost to the Chargers they got waxed and then they got destroyed by the Niners so that's that's something to watch there and it's I don't know what Lafleur is really. So that's part of it too, um, when it comes to the Packers. But um, you know, they I can see, see they seem very they seem very Ramsish to me. Like they like the Rams were last year. When things are going good, the Packers are really good. Yeah. Once you get them off their game a little bit, uh, they struggle. Gotcha. They struggle, and I think the teams that have that have been able to get after Aaron Rodgers, he struggles. Okay. So we'll see. Very fair. I was just a fun little exercise there, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we can get, let's get back to this game. The Niners. Um, they're, you know, they're thirty and twenty in, in playoffs, and you know this is a historic franchise when it comes to playoffs. They have so many memories, um, and hopefully they're going to build some this weekend. Um, at Levi's, the first home playoff game at Levi Stadium, um, first playoff game ever during Levi Stadium era, and that stadium has yep. been alive yep. and rocking. Um, Niners are four and one all time against the Vikings in the playoffs, um, and you know that's I don't I don't know how much that means in you know relative to this game, but that is something to look at. They are 4-1 against the Vikings in the playoffs. Um, the Niners, they come in healthy, they come in rested, and I think they're going to I think they'll be very well prepared. Um, you know, for a team that wasn't, I guess, as equipped as they are now last year to hang, you know, hang tough with the Vikings last, in the beginning of last year um, yeah. in a loss, and Jimmy threw three picks um, in that game. Mm-hmm. One, I would say, isn't on him because Kendrick fell. And Mike Hughes ran it to the house. Um, I think the Snyder's team is well equipped to take these Vikings down um, and and make this game 
part of me wants to say it's going to be a lopsided game, but there's there's too much talent on that that Vikings defense. So yeah, I don't know where you stand on that. Uh, there's too much talent on that Vikings defense. There's a lot of talent on that Vikings offense too. Yeah. Now, fortunately for the 49ers, a lot of it doesn't lie on the offensive line. Correct. But their skill position players are very good. Very good. Dalvin Cook is a top five running back in the league. Uh, I think Thielen and Diggs make up one of the top two, top three tandems for wide receivers uh, when it comes to one-two punches yep. in the league. Um, and, and Kyle Rudolph obviously proved that he's still got it. Yeah. And he's your, just your steady Eddie guy at tight end. Um, it, it, that, that's, that's a big part of the, the matchup that I'm interested in. We obviously know Sherman's playing at an all-pro level, yep. second-team all-pro. And, and somehow second-team all-pro feels underrated for how good Sherman has been this year. Uh, you, you know he's going to shut down his side of the field. So the question becomes, how do they handle the other side of the field? Now, it came out that uh, Akella Witherspoon will get the start. You know, Matt Barrows reported that, so Akella will start. Who do you think do they, they, they try and, and do the route running stuff with Thielen? Do you think they try and get it like the route running at a speed with Diggs? Who goes after? Are they going to try and just pick on Akello? Is Kirk feeling himself a little bit right now and feeling cocky and thinking he wants to go at the king? But Richard Sherman's sitting over there like Omar, right? And to come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah. So, I mean, are we going to see that? It, it, I'm really I'm really curious to see how the Vikings try and attack the, the 49ers secondary in the passing game. Yeah, I think I think this uh, this – this Vikings offense is going to look at the the other corner, and that's going to be either Akello or or, or Emmanuel Mosley. And you know you're going to want to get you're going to, you're going to want to shade some help to that side if you need to. But I think you know what's lost in this Witherspoon thing. Yes, he gave he gave up a touchdown. Yes, he had a rough day. Um, but the film shows he was covering these guys fairly well. But the pass rush wasn't getting home. The last time we saw the Niners, we saw Akello. Um, give him a touchdown, give him some plays here and there. A lot of them were off script. Um, it's not yeah. that he couldn't cover his guy. It's just six, seven, eight seconds, no one's going to be able to cover anybody. And Nobody. There's no one in the league that can do that. Um, you know, Not even Dion did that. So it's, it, I, I think Witherspoon, is, I think he's on a short leash this week. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't. It's a matter of, you know, this is where D Ford is going to be a huge factor in this game. D Ford coming in on third and six, third and seven, um, or these third and fours where, you know, it's an obvious passing down and you need that quick pressure. You need to get to Kirk Cousins or force him into a bad decision where your corners can cover for less than four seconds and you'll be fine. You know, in, in that four second window, I'll take Sherm, McKello, Mosley, Williams, you know, any pretty much any corner except for Josh Norman right now to do that for three seconds. Um, it's a yeah. matter of having that, that pass rush. And that's been, that's what's been lacking since uh, D four got hurt in that um, Cardinals game. And then he only played four snaps against the saints. So, you know, you're missing those things there. So if D Ford is good to go, um, that's going to be a plus for the secondary, you know, like Sherman always says the secondary is tied to the pass rush, pass rush tied to secondary. And they have, they go, they work hand in hand. And for this game, you need D Ford at the very least, to be in on third downs. First and second down, I think you can get away with it with Bosa, Buckner, Armstead, um, Earl Mitchell, who's made his return. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, even Solomon Thomas, get him inside. I think Solomon can can win on the inside against Klein, Elfline, and Bradbury. You know, we're waiting for him to show up. He's he's had a few moments, but nothing um, to write home to mom about. But the defensive line has to get home in this game. And the, the... 
it it, sh- it, it it's an advantageous for the Niners uh, defensive line to take over this game because the the Vikings they're not very good at pass protection. But again, yeah. this is where the, the the Vikings offense can do what the Rams did: rollouts, boot action, play action, get Kirk off his spot. But Kirk's not very mobile. He's not as you know he's not very quick. But if he has the ability to move move the pocket a little bit. That's when you start, you know, you lose contain, you lose your lanes, and then things get behind your your corners, your your linebackers, and then you know, then you're waiting, then you have to deal with your safeties to take care of the rest and clean up the mess. But um, D Ford would be key here when it comes to Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley and how they look in coverage. I think Sherm is fine. You can leave him over there. He's fine. Diggs hasn't had much success in his career against Sherman. Neither has Thielen. Um, so I think the matchup is always going to be on that left corner spot. Yeah, and I think a little bit of an underrated aspect we're not talking about when it comes to coverage mm-hmm. is the 49ers are going to have three incredibly solid cover linebackers on the field at any given time. Correct. Fred Warner, elite cover linebacker. Elite. Linebacker one, Fred Warner. Dre Greenlaw has really come into his own the second half of the year when Quan went down with his pack injury. Right? We've seen him. He picked off Russell Wilson. We saw the huge play on fourth, on fourth and goal. In Seattle, we've just seen him kind of mature and become a much better player. Um, I believe it was Week 16. I said that he was just one of those players that they would have lost that game without him. Just how how all over the field he was, and now they're getting Quan Alexander back. Yeah, and that is so much speed and coverability that they just have from the linebacker position. And when you talk about Kirk Cousins rolling the pocket out, maybe doing some bootleg stuff. You get speed like that from the linebacker position, you can neutralize that advantage that that gives you, right? The offense draws that up to kind of get get the defense moving one way and they're going to go the other way, yada, yada, yada. Well, if you have three fast cover linebackers that can just get on the get on the tight end, get on the fullback, because the, the, the Vikings are another team that uses the fullback. Expect to see what his name's Ham, right? Yeah. What a perfect name for a fullback. Ham. So expect to see Ham. Expect to see Ham get 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 some balls on his way. Expect to see him get the ball handed off to him a time or two. And Dalvin Cook, not a bad receiver in the run in or no no not a bad receiving running back. But again, Warner, Quan Alexander, and Dre Greenlaw, I think, are going to be able to eliminate a lot of that from Kirk Cousins. They're going to be able to limit what he has to do. And if D Ford can come in and be that extra speed guy on the line. And just close the gap between him and Kirk Cousins and force Kirk Cousins to make poor decisions, which we've seen him do yeah. time and time again. Time and time again, we've seen Kirk Cousins just make poor decisions. They can force him to do that. They'll be just fine. Um, on the other side of the ball, we got to talk about a guy that can game wreck for the Vikings. We told, we were texting back and forth about him all game during the Saints game. Oh, God. Daniil Hunter. I love that just guy. Talk about your man. Oh, dude, I would trade plenty of 49ers for that guy. Um, and that's not, you know, you, you have to understand that there's there's guys in the league um, that are better than what you have on your roster. Daniil Hunter is one of them, and you would always want to have a guy like that. So Daniil Hunter um, going up against McGlinchey and Staley, that's going to be a matchup to watch. Same thing with Everson Griffin, but Daniil Hunter is an absolute animal. Yeah, he, he can really wreck the game, and we saw him do that. In the Saints game, we saw him be that guy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a little bit, of, a little bit of an issue with fumbling the ball, right? Correct. He's gonna have to hold on to it because if there's one player that's gonna be able to come in and make that play, it's gonna be Daniil Hunter. Um, 
I mean, look, there's, there's there's playmakers all over the place for the Vikings defense. Harrison Smith, the safety, incredible blitzing safety. He doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Gets a ton of pressures, doesn't have high sack numbers, but he can he can rack a play coming in up the middle on a delayed blitz. Uh, you're looking at, it, it, you know, you said Everson Griffin as well. Anthony Barr is, is a very good blitzing linebacker. A little bit questionable in coverage sometimes, yeah. but he's good at getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, there's just they've got talent at all three levels on the Vikings defense. Yeah, this game it's lining up. You know, there's there's holes on it, but there's there's definitely ways for them to to win this game against the Niners. Um, and that starts with their defensive line versus our offensive line, and then of course the safety play, and then of course the linebackers. But I think the Niners can exploit a few things there on their their secondary. Xavier Rhodes hasn't been himself. Um, no. He had a couple issues against the Saints. He had a couple issues all season. Um, he hasn't been. He hasn't had an interception since he picked off Jimmy Garoppolo in Week One of last year. So that's how long he's gone without an interception. Yikes. So that's that's Yikes. that's something to look at there. Um, this this Vikings team is it's just they're really good. They 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 play straight up. They're not going to put a whole bunch of wrinkles in to their offense or their defense. To be quite honest with you, they're just going to line up, show you what they're going to show you, and do what they want to do. It's up to the Niners to take advantage of what is given to them or you know this is where Kyle Shanahan gets paid the big bucks to use his wizard hands and 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 make some shit up and, and get crazy um on this this defense and I think this this is a favorable favorable matchup for the Niners at the slot position favorable matchup for the Niners um at the tight end position I know the Vikings haven't allowed very many yards to tight ends but look at the tight ends they've played they haven't played anybody Darren Waller that's the only one um, this is George Kittle, you know. Yeah. You know they're not. And, uh, Travis Kelsey. They play Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey didn't. Kelsey had a pretty decent day that day. Um, it's just they're not allowing touchdowns. Um, but this is George Kittle. George Kittle's a different animal than all those other tight ends they played. Um, but this game is going to be exciting, man. It's it's the first home game at, at Levi's. Um, let's get into it, man. Let's. What do we want to talk about here with these keys? What do you Where do you want to start? Uh, I'm going to start with the, the most obvious one. And I feel like we say it almost every week, and, and, and when we get away from it, we, we say, hey, we talk about it every week. It's get after Kirk Cousins. Rush the passer. Pressure him. Keep him under duress. Do not let him get comfortable. Make Impose your will from down one. I want to see the same kind of stuff we saw in the Packers game, where Aaron Rodgers was just terrorized. Yes. Terrorized. I want to see that because, look, the 49ers, you look at their schedule all year, they've had a lot of success against quarterbacks that cannot move. I'm not saying I'm not saying Kirk Cousins can't move. He's just not very fast. I'm saying he doesn't I'm saying he doesn't move as well as Kyler Murray, as Russell Wilson, as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Obviously. They need to keep the pressure on him. I think Shanahan, who has worked with Kirk Cousins before, Shanahan drafted Kirk Cousins. Everybody thought, everybody and their mom thought, me myself included, that Kirk Cousins was coming to San Francisco. Before the Jimmy trade, yeah, I think Kirk. Uh, I think Shanahan has a, has an inside knowledge of what Kirk is going to do, what he's what he's able to do. He's going to pass that along to Salah, get the pressure on him. I don't care if it's with four. I don't care if you're blitzing Fred. I don't care if you're blitzing Quan. I don't care if you're blitzing Jaquaski. I don't care. Get after Kirk Cousins. Keep the pressure on him. Dial it up to eleven and keep it coming all game long. Yeah, that's gonna be big. You got to get pressure on Kirk. Uh, the defense has to. Um, the front end has to help the back end, and that's part of it. Get some pressure. Um, Kirk hasn't turned the ball over much this year. He just 
69% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions, but they love to run the ball. So um, the key, you know, key to that being successful too is also um, the Niners on offense getting up big or getting up quickly on this team, forcing them into pass. So that's that's yeah. part of it. But um, my my key to the game is whoever's going to be playing slot receiver, whoever's whoever whoever's lined up in slot this week, um, most likely. Uh, well, Mackenzie Alexander is out. Um, the Mike Hughes is also on injured reserve, so they're down slot receivers. So now they're using uh, Sandejo, a safety at slot slot corner. Um, he that's a matchup that I like for Debo, for Emmanuel Sanders, for George Kittle. You know, different ways to line these guys up. Um, I'm not saying line use check up there or anything like that, but you know, your running backs, your your tight ends, and of course your wide receivers that that are interchangeable in this offense. Um, lining up against Sandejo, who's going to be lining up in that slot corner spot. So that's that's a matchup that I like, and a matchup I think Kyle Shanahan is looking at, and is you know dialing up some shit uh, for this Niners offense to take advantage of. Um, Sandejo is a good player, but he was cut from the from the Eagles. He played a pretty good game against the Saints. He had a couple miscues, um, but it's it's new territory for him. So they're they're basically running out with three safeties. Um, in that look, and that Sandejo will be basically the slot, the slot man in that um, in that look there. So whoever the slot receiver is in this game, well, on whatever down, that is one of the keys there. I think that that receiver needs to get open, get open quickly, and make Sandejo look bad. Yeah, uh, that that probably is right into my second key of the game, and that's we need to see disrespectful Kyle. You can buy your T-shirts and send us a DM. We'll give you all the information. <laughs> Do we need to see disrespectful Kyle? We need to see disrespectful oh, yeah, Kyle. We have to. And I th- take it, take advantage of the mismatches. I think you got to use your motion before before the snap. You got to see what the defense is lined up in. And I think the biggest mismatch mismatch they're going to have is George Kittle. I don't think there's anyone that can stick with George Kittle. Uh, we saw it last year, and I know you know, we referenced games last year. And it's a dangerous thing to do. Last year against the Rams. Anthony Barr was absolutely brutalized as a cover linebacker. And I think if he is the one that's going to line up on Kittle, or if you're lining up Harrison Smith, or if you're lining up Anderson Sandejo, or whoever you're lining up on him, George Kittle can beat him. You talked about it earlier. George Kittle can beat them. I think that's a big mismatch they're going to have to go with. And I think they're going to be able to find Juice. I really do think that this is going to be a good game for Juice. Where I'm not talking they're going to run a 49-yard fade pattern to him. Not expecting that. Yeah. But this could be one of the ones where they get the whole team moving left and then Juice leaks right, and he's just wide open for 15 yards on a key third and six. Yeah. Something like that. I, I can see something like that happen. Um, I mean, it happened in that week it, one game. Juice got wide open for like 58 yards. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I just – I need number two for me, I need to see disrespectful Kyle, and I need to see him create and exploit mismatches against this Vikings defense. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm agreement there. So – um, well, then we'd also we'll stick on the offensive side here for the Niners. The interior line, the Niners, Ben Garland, uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, Mike Person, or Daniel Brunskill. This is this is a game I think they have to come up big. Um, granted, they're not playing Aaron Donald or Jay, Grady Jarrett this week, um, but they are going up against a pretty good defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Vikings like to use that inverted look. I know a couple analysts thought that it was something new for the for the Vikings to do to move Griffin and Hunter inside. No, they've done that quite a bit this year. It's just the frequency was up against the Saints. And I think, you know, we have our questions about Garland. You know, he's not Richburg. Uh, Brunsko's been playing very well. 
So, you know, Griffin and Hunter on the inside, um, you know, that's something that you want to take, you know, hopefully you can exploit by, you know, hitting that outside zone. That's something that the the Vikings are susceptible to is the outside zone. They got gashed by the Packers for like 300 yards. They've been gashed plenty of times on the outside run zones. Um, and that's another spot where Kyle can take advantage of it. So the interior offensive line and basically the offensive line as a whole, um, just pushing these guys around, getting, you know, getting the defensive line to, to go backwards and not forward is going to be key. But the interior line, um, most importantly, is going to be huge, especially since Mike Zimmer loves in that A-gap, double A-gap blitz. Um, yep. You know, just the thought of Kendrick Sabar coming or um, um, Smith coming, Harrison Smith coming down on a blitz or pressure, um, that's going to be key in this game. The interior line needs to be on their P's and Q's because Zimmer is known for that double A gap. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that kind of leads – I'm glad we talked about this before we come on. Yeah. Because this makes smooth transitions for us, right? Mm-hmm. Because my, my, my third one is to run the ball, and you got to run the ball behind that offensive line. Yeah. And the biggest reason they need to run the ball is we talked about it. You got Quan, Chikwaski, and and D Ford coming back, right? Coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overexert those guys. Game one back. You just got a bye week. You played thirteen straight games. You just got a bye week. Look, run the ball, control the clock, establish the run, get ahead of the sticks, allow disrespectful Kyle to come out. Whether it's Raheem Mostert or 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 Tevin Coleman or Juice is running the ball or Debo's running the ball or you know, Matt Brady's run the ball, whoever, just establish the run. Establish the run, control the clock, shorten the game. You're playing at home. You don't want to give the ball to Kirk Cousins too often. I know we've kind of sat here and kind of dumped on him a little bit this podcast, but he's still dangerous. Yeah. Still can be dangerous. Um, so you don't want to have them possessing the ball very long. Establish the run, pound the rock. That's it. That's my third key to the game. Yeah. Run uh-huh. the ball. And then, you know, for me – yeah, the running Kyle Shanahan said it all season. You know he'd love to run the ball thirty times, and I'm I'm all for that. Run the ball thirty times, run it thirty five times. If it's working, it's working. Run the ball. Um, but my final key to the game is Jimmy Garoppolo. It's his first playoff game. Um, this is you know everyone. Will, if if the Niners lose this game, everyone's going to dump on him about his contract. Everyone's going to dump on him oh. about you know he can't do this, he can't do that. Um, there's a lot of pressure on the Niners in this game. They're the number one seed. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is you know. The face of the franchise at this point, he's you know 137 million dollar man, um, and you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And I think he doesn't flinch with pressure. I think he'll be just fine in this game. But James, James Garoppolo needs to um, play a clean game, similar to the Seattle game. Um, and I think he he's proven that he can show up in big spots when needed when he needs it. Um, it's a matter of his other t- of his other teammates showing up as well. Um, guys not dropping passes, field goals not being missed. Uh, blocking assignments, you know, met and not doing stupid penalties. So, uh, with James, with Jimmy, um, another clean game here. No dumb throws. You know, I'm not expecting him to go, you know, 30 of 40 for 400 yards. I'm, you know, a simple 18 for 22 and 260 and a touchdown would be perfect. Um, you know, no turnovers. Control the clock. Keep this game on the Niners. Uh, on the Niners' side with time of possession, control the clock and keep this game out of the hands of the the Vikings' offense that can get going if they start running the ball well. Um, so Jimmy, you know, doing everything he's done so far this year except for the bonehead throws is going to be big in this game. So Jimmy Garoppolo is my key to the game um, for us to come out victorious. 
Yeah, and you said the Jimmy Garoppolo bonehead throws, and I, I know we talked about it all year long. He has one a game, one a game. He hasn't had one in a while. He doesn't. He hasn't had one in a while. Yeah. He's really eliminated those. I, I think now that he's finally fully comfortable in the offense, because they said it takes what two years to get comfortable in Shanahan's offense, just just fully comfortable. You know, a solid. I think it was like eighteen to twenty four games. He's now got that under his belt, and man, does he look good. He's looked good the last however many weeks, four or five, six weeks. He's looked really good. If you take away the rain game in, in Baltimore, but that's that's its own story because how hard it was raining there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, you're right. Jimmy Garoppolo does have to play a good game. Um, that leads us into predictions. Mm-hmm. You want to go first or you want me to take this one? Uh, you can go first. All right. I think this is closer than most people think. I think it's going to be closer. It's good teams. It's playoffs. Uh, Zimmer has playoff experience as a head coach, mm-hmm. right? He's not like his quarterback. Uh, I, I think he does a good job to make sure that, that Cousins is put in a, in a situation to succeed. That said, like you said, too much pressure on the 49ers. They, they are going to turn into a diamond. They are not going to crack. They're going to win 27-20. Yeah, I mean, I have the Niners winning this game, and I think um... – I think they have all the pr- the pressures on them. You know, it, no one expected the Vikings to be in this position um, because of the Saints game. Um, I, you know, I thought the Vikings had a chance in New Orleans, but I didn't think they'd actually win it. Um, the pressure is on the Niners. You know, they've been, they are the number one seed. They are thirteen and three. They've, you know, they have overcame a lot of injuries and things like that. But a team that has gone what they've gone through the last two years with most of those pieces still on this team, I don't think they're gonna, you know throw away this opportunity at something great. So I think they're going to come out ready and firing, ready to go. Kyle Shannon is a good coach. Robert Saul is a good coach. Um, Hightower is a good special team coach. They're well coached and well prepared. I think they'll be very prepared in this game. I think the Niners come out 31-24. Uh, you see it. I think you're going to see a big dose of Mostert, Breida, and Coleman in this game. A lot of running. Get to the outside and, you know, make them chase. Chase everything um, from the outside and keep – Keep that defensive line off on you know on its toes and and not being able to um, you know pin their ears back and, and get after Jimmy. So 31-24, Niners pull this game out. They go to the NFC Championship game and then we'll be talking about um, who we play in the NFC title game. But I think the Niners pull this game out 31-24. I know the line is uh, it went from seven to six and a half and now it's it's holding steady at seven in the Niners' favor. Um, and you know this should this should a lot of folks are picking this the Saint the Saints. Vikings to cover, which is fine, you know that's not that's nothing crazy um, to do. So I, I most people are picking the Niners to win outright, anyways. So um, I think the Niners are gonna—they're the best team in football, or the best team in the NFC, and they've been so all season. They're gonna prove it again on Saturday. Yeah, I I, I don't have any. I don't want to say I don't have any doubt because obviously there's gonna be some creeping. Doubt, oh, I have right? doubt. I, I have my doubt. This is this is this is one and done. They lose this, then we're really super sad doing a podcast probably on Sunday morning because we're not going to want to do it on Saturday night. But I feel very confident, very confident that the 49ers are able to pull this one out. It just feels like it, it. everything's been building to this and this Shanahan Lynch team just has a feeling to it, has a feeling to it with Sherman, Staley, Sanders, the, the veteran presence there. I just, I'm very confident, very confident going into Saturday. Not 100%. I'm not putting any money on the game, but I'm very confident. No, I don't think anyone is 100% confident in this game. I think 
That's part of being a fan. You're always nervous. You're always on the edge of your seat during the game. You know, unless it's like the Packer game when it's like it's over in the first half, um, or the, the or the Browns game where it was over, um, or the Panthers game. Um, but for the most part, you know, this is why you're a fan. You're you you get that you know you get that nervous feeling in your stomach before the game starts. You crack a beer and you're still nervous. And I know that's what I do. Um, and it's been a while since Niners been in the playoffs. You know, you don't want this to end. This has been a great season, and that's what that's where the nervousness nervousness comes from. You don't want it to end. You don't want the season to be over until it has to be over. And that's holding the Lombardi Trophy. And that's um, what these 49ers want to do. We talked about it earlier on in the year. It was Super Bowl a bu- Super Bowl a bust basically. You know, from guys like Fred Warner, Richard Sherman. When we talked to Tyler Dunn about it in in our earlier podcast, this team yeah. knows. This team knows they have an opportunity in front of them to take advantage of it. And they they've done everything they can to be in the position that they are in uh, right now at thirteen and three, the number one seed. And you know the road through the road to Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. It goes through Levi Stadium. And I don't think it ends this weekend. I don't think it ends next weekend. I think the Niners are on their way. Um, but I'm allowed to be nervous. I'm allowed to pace my living room. I'm allowed to. Um, have my questions and of course you have to respect your opponents and the Vikings are a good team they have a lot of talent on defense and offense we just talked about it um it's gonna be a good game you know if you're at the game um be loud you know what to do it's the first game you know bring candlestick bring that life of candlestick to Levi's like you know when we were out in Levi's it felt better the first time I was in Levi's it was like eh new stadium whatever this last time I was there the Niners were winning granted we lost the game but the stadium felt like it had a life, like it was, it was, yep. there was something there. So bring it on Saturday if you're going to the game. Uh, make sure you drink your Modelos, get get crazy. I know if I was going, my neighbor is going, which is crazy. He's like, hey, you want to go? I'm like, I, I can't just, just go, man. He just leaves and goes. Um, <laughs> I was, I was really close, dude. <laughs> I was really close. A buddy of mine, it's one of my Navy buddies. He's still in Navy. He hit me up. He's a Vikings fan. He's a Vikings fan living in San Diego. And he hit me up. He's like, I got an extra ticket. You want to go? And, man, I'll tell you what. I contemplated that for whew, a solid, like, six hours. I know. Googling flights, Googling everything, trying to figure out how much it's going to cost me. And I like, no, can't afford it. Can't uh-uh. afford it. Can't can't do it. And he's, he's going to leave, like, right after the game. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way I can leave right after the yeah. game. There's no yeah, way. No. no way I can just get on a plane and come all the way back to the East Coast. So I contemplated it. But... I just want everybody to know there's a little bit of thought in the back of my mind where all y'all told me I'm not allowed to go back to a game this year. <laughs> I'm not. I'm one and two this year. So for everyone else, I made the sacrifice. You're very welcome. Yeah. I'm not going to the game. Yeah, I just – he was like, you want to go? I'm like, no, I just – I can't. But um, to those of you guys <laughs> who are going, have fun, have a good time. Um, yeah. Be loud. You know, you know, you guys know what to do. It's playoffs, man. This is this is big. I'm excited. I'm ready to go for Saturday. Um, it's been a long bye week, um, and I think that's part of why you have 49ers fans, 49ers fans going stir crazy. They're you know starting to doubt and starting to have a whole bunch of questions. Um, it's like the Niners are not allowed to have bye week when they go play another game. The bye week brings in so much pressure and so much negative feelings, you know, amongst 49ers Twitter and all these questions and. Things like that, you know. If they get their guys back, tw- I, I think Jaquaski Tar and Quan Alexander is enough. But adding D Ford is that key. That's the key. D Ford is the key to this defense. And if you can get D Ford in there on those third down passing situations to get after Kirk Cousins, 
the Niners have a very, very good shot at winning this game. Um, D Ford, if he doesn't play very much, then you gotta, you know, you gotta get home with the other guys. And this is why you drafted Bosa. This is why you have Buckner and Armstead, um, even Solly. You know, this is where that that has to happen. Um, it's gonna be a great game, and I think the Niners are gonna pull it out. Like I said, 31-24. Moving on to the NFC Championship game. It's been a while. It's a good feeling to be good, and it's um, we don't want the season to end, and that's part of the, the, the fear and the, the nervousness amongst 49ers fans. I know I have it, and I don't want to hear from a Cowboys fan or a Seahawks fan if the Seahawks might you know magically win on Sunday or whatever, um, you know, and the Niners don't pull it out. It'd be just a gut-wrenching loss if the Niners you know don't pull this out, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think the Niners are going to the NFC title game. I think um, this weekend the Niners get it done, and... Uh, Move on and keep keep the doubters coming. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they're moving on. But before we move on, we got something kind of cool to give away. Yeah. So uh, a friend of the pod, David, reached out to us and says he has an extra. Well, first of all, before we do that, we've done some cool giveaways, right? Yeah. I did the hat. You did the beanie. I did the the disrespectful Kyle teacher giveaway for for y'all for some reason getting me to 5,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you, guys. This is easily the coolest one we've done. Easily. If you would like a signed football from the people's tight end, from George Kittle, we can get one for you. Friend of the pod, David, hit us up, said he had an extra one. He wanted to celebrate the 49ers making the playoffs again. He said, this this is the year. I'm, I'm feeling good. I want to celebrate this. I got a signed football from George Kittle. If you want to win it from us, all you got to do, it's the same as before. Subscribe, rate, review the pod, follow me, follow Javi, follow the podcast on Twitter. If you're on Google, you're on Stitcher, you're on whatever other platform and it won't let you leave a review, Spotify won't let you leave a review, just send a screenshot of yourself, subscribe to us, we'll enter you in. It's a random drawing. We type all these into an Excel spreadsheet and then type in some random number generator. Yeah. I go on I go on Google, I say random number generator, one bet- between one and Whatever number it is. And whatever it comes up with, that's who wins. This is truly random, guys. Truly random. Signed George Kittle football. So, David, thank you so much for helping us out. This is very cool for us to be able to give back to you all to not only celebrate the 49ers making the playoffs, but to celebrate our first season doing this. Yeah. Our first season having fun with this one. It's definitely a – I wanted it, but I can't have it. So, um, somebody else can get it. And uh, as far as hitting the DM, just hit Matt's because mine are flooded with T-shirt orders. So just go ahead and hit Matt's. Um, <laughs> t-shirts are on, being made. The second order has been put in. It's been paid for. Um, they are being made, and then I will have them, and I'll ship them out. Those of you who've received yours, you should have them. Um, you should have had them yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Um, when you hear this pod, you should have it in the mail or on the way to you. Most folks will have their shirts before the game, um, depending on where you live. You know, I can't control the postal service, but I can control when I ship them, and I did ship them as early as I could. Um, considering my recent health issue, Jesus Christ. Um, but the shirts are um, they're on the way. So if you'd order a recent recent shirt, they will be on the way very soon. Um, I will get back to everybody once I have everything in order as well for those. Um, but yeah, man, playoff time. It's time to get hype. It's time to have a lot of energy. You know, it's what the Niners have been. It's what we're. This is why we're the faithful. This is what. It's what we do. We're the five-time Super Bowl champions. We've been in the playoffs number of times, numerous times. You know, we're 
one of the greatest franchises of all time. Like, we're getting our respect back around the league. Um, people don't want to come play us. People fear the defensive line. People are starting to give Jimmy his respect. It's about fucking time. Like, let's let's get this thing done and let's let's start this decade off with a title. And that's exactly what this is. Exactly what I, that's, that's that's a feeling I have. You know, Tom went down. Things are lining up for the Niners just to to take off and and be the next team of this decade. Um, and I'm not saying they're gonna win five, six Super Bowls, I'm saying they will be a very good team for the next six, seven, eight years because the way they're they're lined up to be. Um, and this is the first step in doing that. Um, but until until the game, until post-game, catch us on Twitter. I'm Javier. That is Matt. Follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Follow my guy Matt at... Matt Bar underscore. And I'm so pumped. It took 52 minutes, but we finally got a flu game Javier. Uh, yeah. I'm, we needed one. We I'm needed dragging. one. I know. I I look. Y'all y'all need to understand that Javi's been texting me all week, saying he can't do this, can't do it, can't do. It. You might have to fly on your own. Might have to fly solo. You guys don't want to listen to me jabber on for forty minutes. So Javi, big ups to you, man, for for getting your shit together for at least at least an hour for us to do this. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm about to go have another tangerine or something because um, <laughs> this is miserable. Um, but yeah, no, we appreciate everyone listening. It's been a great season. The season's not over yet. It's not over. Um, we got this game, and then the next game, and then the next one. So uh, let's get this thing going. Um, follow the pod on uh, Twitter as well, at 4th and Gold Podcast. And then follow the podcast on all podcast platforms, wherever you find them. Uh, subscribe, rate, review for that Kittle football. And then t-shirt orders are sold out. We'll figure out another way to do some more. I did order a few extra, so we'll figure something out there as well. And then uh, get back to you guys on all that stuff. And then we're working on some other things, you know, sprint through your face type stuff um, here mm. in a couple days. Mm. We'll let you know about that as well. Um, but until then, go Niners. Peace. <laughs>